If you enjoy listening to Chorology, then I need your help. Here's why. I create Chorology by myself on a shoestring budget, recording and editing every episode in my tiny closet. How's that for irony? That's where you come in. Will you help keep Chorology on the air by supporting it financially? By tipping as little as $1 a month, you can help me improve and keep making Chorology every week. All you have to do is jump over to MatthiasRoberts.com support to make a pledge and listen away. Hey friends, this is Matthias Roberts and you're listening to Chorology, a podcast on belief and being. This is episode 27. So Rick came home like really excited about this idea What if we celebrated people who had just come out? Like, what if we, like, sent some type of thing to people who bravely decided to, like, share this, like, piece of them, um, and then we get to be a part of celebrating that? Sammy and Britt Barron are the founders of Gay Packages and two gay girls living their dream in Southern California. Uh, Sammy is a creative director at a media company in L.A., and Britt is a pastor at New Abbey Church in Pasadena, California. Uh, They've been married for seven months and hope to be a part of celebrating love everywhere and always. And that's what they're doing. They're celebrating love they and, and coming out and, and people taking steps towards finding that love through this new company organization i don't think it's a company i think it's thing we'll call it a thing <laughs> this this new thing that they're doing called yay packages where they're they're literally sending packages full of handwritten notes and confetti and and all kinds of like celebratory things to people who have just come out uh so we, we talk about that on this episode uh we talk about since brit is a pastor that challenge of like navigating and leaving and finding churches. Uh, And then Britt also has this incredible TED talk called What Beyonce Taught Me About Race. Uh, So we dive into that a little bit as well. And then we also talk about what it's been like to be married. Uh, So there's so much packed into this episode. It's so great. Before we dive into all of that, uh, a little bit of news. I sat down with Justin Coe from the YouTube channel That Christian Vlogger to record a series of YouTube videos showcasing conversations around uh, faith and sexuality from two differing viewpoints. Uh, Justin uh, is not gay, he's straight, uh, and uh, is side B. He believes that LGBT people should stay celibate, that they that God doesn't allow for, for LGBT people to be married. Uh, whereas I believe otherwise, I'm side A, I believe God fully blesses LGBT marriages. And we sat down and in the midst of our disagreements had a conversation. Uh, so the first video of that series is a four-part series. The first video of that series actually launched this past week. Uh, so head over to YouTube, That Christian Vlogger, uh, and check it out. Uh, there'll be a link to it uh, in the show notes as well. For everyone who's listening to Queerology for the first time uh, after watching that video, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad that you're here. Okay, well, let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, and just a, a quick note, Brit often goes by the name Beans. So when you hear Sammy referencing Beans, uh, it's, it's not a delicious food. <laughs> it's her wife. Okay, let's go ahead and dive in. Brit and Sammy, Hi! Hello. <laughs> How are you two doing today? 
so good. So good. Good. It's like 80 it's... degrees in California right now. Oh my gosh. I'm so jealous. Living <laughs> in the pool or not. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like cold and rainy here in Seattle. And I am, no, 80 degrees sounds wonderful right now. I'm so jealous. <laughs> Uh, so to start, this is a question I start every episode with, uh, how do you two identify, uh, and then how would you each say that your faith has helped form that identity? Good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you just pointed to me, so I'll start. Um, so I identify, um, female, um, biracial and lesbian Christian. California. <laughs> probably those are probably the main ones. Uh, I would say that shape my identity. And well, sorry, what was the second part? How has faith? How has your faith helped form or inform that identity? Oh yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, I feel like a lot of people I know myself are kind of living in this post-evangelical um, stream. So. I feel like a lot of my identities conflict with sort of the mainstream evangelical Christianity that I grew up with in the 90s, right, in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Woman, being a person of color, and being queer, right, those aren't really, you know, there's not a lot of visibility or even um, acceptance in sort of the mainstream evangelical world. So I think my faith has actually opened me up to uh, accepting those in a more radical way. Um, which was fascinating, right? Because a lot of the circles I grew up in sort of weren't as accepting. But I think the sort of faith tradition at its core uh, has helped me understand myself in a different way. My turn? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I would identify as female, um, lesbian, gay girl, Christ questioner, (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, how my faith has, like, helped shape that, um, I think faith has been, right now it's provided community, um, which is, I feel like not something I would have expected, but, um, I think having this community has helped me come to a place of true acceptance, um, and, yeah, it's like interesting because we exist. Beans is a pastor, and I'm a pastor's wife, so I guess I would also <laughs> identify as that. Um, but I, I'm also a Christ questioner, and and seeing where God is in um, a lot of the spaces that you know, yoga, Soul Cycle, um, the wilderness, or something. Like that. So that's where I kind of see God, and um, yeah. Um, I answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. But it's kind of complicated. Maybe that's why I just need to say it's kind of complicated. Um, but it's good. And it hasn't always been that way because I grew up, well, I grew up um, um, going to church pretty frequently in like high school specifically. And then went to a Christian college. Um, yeah. And so that always existed there. But then when we came out um, actually working at a church, that really rocked me um, and my faith. So, and that's just the introduction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like there's probably a whole story there. <laughs> I love that in like both of your both of your stories it sounds like and I think this is just such an interesting portion of faith of how 
yeah, I mean, Britt, you said is we're different than the mainstream. You're different than the mainstream. Um, but it's helped you open, open yourself up in a more radical way. Uh, where oftentimes those communities start as places of exclusion. Um, and, and yet for so many of us queer people, like they've also become spaces of inclusion and there's something really beautiful about that. Yeah. There's something, I feel like there's something special about having to, to fight for something. You value it in a different way and it shapes you in a different way. Like, you know, before we came out, um, or just even being a woman or being like you, you're not automatically put into to some of the circles. And so you have to sort of, uh, fight for it. You have to negotiate it. You have to really evaluate, like, is this what I want? Is this worth having? Is this worth fighting for? What do I, you know, what does God actually mean? Um, and so there's something beautiful about not fitting into sort of the cookie cutter that's provided uh, is that you get to understand and, and deepen your faith in a way that you might not have the opportunity to if, if you sort of are able to check every box. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been really a really beautiful part of it all. Yeah. Uh, you both have said the word we came out. Did you all come out together? Or is there is there a story behind that? Yeah, we did. <laughs> I, I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, I think we did and we didn't. So a little bit of our like history is we, so we met um, at a coffee shop and the goal of that was to talk about this college ministry that was existing at a church that um, Beans had worked at or was working at at the time. Um, and I was working at a Christian university and just wanting to add another layer to, you know, to getting involved and helping kind of navigate the the season and the season of becoming as a college student because I had experienced it. Um, and so, so, yeah, so I reached out to her and that coffee um, date, or not date, but that coffee, like, yeah. time turned into four hours of talking about God and, like, community and becoming and, and all of that. And so, um, so yeah, that kind of turned into years yeah. of... Fast forward three years yeah, later. We were just, we just kind of stumbled into this. Um, yeah. And... And we fell like I fell head over heels for Brit, and she was really the only like woman I ever felt that for, or at least it, consciously knew that that's what I, you know, was able to feel. I don't yeah. know. It's like we. I mean, so we we came we when we came out, we came out um, like together, as in like I think falling in love was what sort of unlocked both of our sexualities like you know before each other we had never dated women and so it's kind of one of those things though where like you look back and you're like oh <laughs> this was there the whole time um but we weren't necessarily in a space to see that um until we met each other and sort of fell like head over heels in love and then we were like oh my gosh this is what this is what that thing is and so um we both ended up working at the church together over the course of those three years and so yeah, when we came out, it was sort of, um, we came out, like I came out and said, hey, everyone, I'm in love with Sammy. Um, and this is a thing, a, a thing about me. And sort of, so we came out together in that way, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of beautiful, something I'm, I'm very grateful for. But yeah, it was, it was a wild ride. 
Yeah, it sounds like it. And I would I would imagine working at a church. I, I, I'm curious about how that was received. Yeah. So the particular church that we were working at um, was not affirming. Um, it was, you know, we went back and forth kind of like we knew they weren't super for, forward about that. Um, you kind of have to like dig through some statement. You know what I mean? And so I think there was something in us that was kind of like, maybe they are, you know? <laughs> um, and so that was definitely a scary thing. So we both, um, yeah, we, we knew the two wouldn't reconcile. And so we both quit our jobs at the church um, before coming out, which was, um, which is difficult. There were some, there were definitely some um, reactions that were surprisingly beautiful and some reactions that were surprisingly um, painful. Um, yeah, that's kind of, like Sammy said earlier, how church has kind of provided community. Um, it's, that's kind of a beautiful redemption part because there was, um, you know, we had a life there. And so it felt a little bit like, um, pretty startling when, when that kind of seemed to, to be gone. So, um, at least parts of it. So, yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Dan? No, I agree. Yeah, because like I mean, when you when you lose a church community, especially one that you're like plugged into, and, and where those people, I mean, people in churches so often can become like your family, and to lose that is so hard. And yeah, it sounds like I mean, Britt, like you're a pastor. It sounds like y'all found another church. What what has that looked like? And were were you a pastor at that church originally, Britt, or? Yeah, no, it's such a, it's, it's been such a wild ride. So I was, um, um, I was out of grad school. I was a, an RD at like a Christian school and then ended up working at uh, the church where I met Sammy and, uh, it, it grew pretty rapidly. So by the time we left, it was probably like, I don't know, three or 4,000 people. So this was a large church. And, um, once we left and we came out, I was like, this is the end of ministry for me. This is the end of, I don't even know if we'll go to church, like let alone if I would ever even consider working one again, you know, um, you're kind of ready to just start a, a new life outside of all of that. Um, cause it was a really painful season. And uh, I got a random, uh, Facebook message from this guy named Corey. And he was like, Hey, um, you know, I used to work at a, at a big church and I left, uh, and it was, it's pretty weird. It's a pretty weird thing. You want to get coffee? And I was like, okay, I'm in no like position to pass up friends. So I was like, sure. <laughs> um, so I ended up getting coffee with him and, um, we just really connected. He had seen the blog post that I put out about, uh, coming out and, um, he was just telling about his life and he had left a church for asking some questions and, um, being a bit more progressive. And so he started a, a little church called New Abbey here in Pasadena. And uh, we got coffee that one day and the next week and the next week and the next week. Um, and we got coffee every week for about six months. And, and eventually I was like, Sammy, I think this is our place. And um, yeah, a few months after that, I became a pastor with him, which is great. It's so different it's just Corey and I and um, it's a smaller community and it's so great to have a space um, where truly we're all sort of growing together anyone and everyone is welcome 
um, it's been a, a really radical shift. And I think it's been uh, that community and those people have been, I think, what's kind of kept our faith. Even even as we question and grow, it's 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 what's even kept us in the game, so to speak. And so, so yeah, I'm a pastor again, which is really wild because uh, it was shocking the first time and it's shocking again. But uh, I'm definitely grateful, so grateful for this community. That's so cool. I, I love I love stories like that of where I mean you you when you lose a community and yet like by living into authenticity you gain another community back of where you can fully be yourself in that you don't have to hide anything yeah yeah it's like they know us like we you know and it's kind of been fun because everyone we met at at New Abbey only knew us as like Samian Beans like the couple you know and so um that was just after like kind of being hiding for so long it's like oh you know this thing about me like we can have this deep relationship so um it's been great Mm -hmm. yeah it feels like like a real full circle like thing that we get to you know dip in every week and um yeah it's so it's we had our wedding at like the the space that our church meets which is like a a rad production company yeah some space in Pasadena um but yeah it's it feels like the the most supportive and just the greatest group of people that we get to do life with and for me like coming from what Britt explained like our experience I was I think the more hardened one like really really um hurt and needed like to take a break and like we got a break from and just kind of like sitting with it all and and realizing like wow we just like what you were saying like we just left a family and um I don't know if I want to do that again like I'm really nervous to do that again and then like get my heart broken a little bit um Mm -hmm. or like try to try to get my friend like get new friends or whatever like that's kind of exhausting and then kind of just embracing that at some point and being like you know what this place is safe and amazing and I can question very honestly like Mm -hmm. I say at the church like my wife's a pastor but I'm still figuring out who God is and where to see her and see him and um in the spaces around us um so I'm just thinking about like that's the space to question is in in a faith community like that's that's really hard to come by often of 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 and especially when I'm thinking about like for so many of us queer people I feel like you know we come out and we start going through all of these shifts we start questioning so much because I mean out of necessity uh and to, to be able to do that in the context of a community of where that is welcomed and you're still supported and encouraged to be there, that sounds transformative. Yeah, we kind of joke uh, that New Abbey, our church, is is more like recovery group from megachurch. <laughs> like there's, there's like quite a few, I, I'd say a lot, a good portion of our church um, grew up in sort of this mainstream evangelical way. And that's sort of one thing that, you know, we always want to, I was trying to say, my, one of my favorite things about New Abbey when I first went there, as like someone who um, preaches, is Corey was like, oh, you can, do you want to speak in New Abbey? And I was like, sure, this is the first time, you know, I had even gone there. And he said, just so you know, at the end, there's like a Q&A. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> you know? Um, and so the, there's like two points of dialogue throughout the service uh, where people sort of talk in groups and then there's a Q and A at the end. And, um, my favorite thing about it is, you know, people ask us and it's kind of this constant saying of like, that's a good question. I don't know. And everyone's like, yeah, I have that question too. Um, and when you take off the pressure to sort of have a right answer, you end up getting such a more robust experience out of sort of life and faith and trying to figure this whole thing out. Right. Wow. Like <laughs> that's, ah, that is so cool. Like I, uh, to even, even have that space of words, it's a conversation and a dialogue within a church service. Um, I feel like I've never even heard of that before, at least here in the U S like, I know it's, it's very, it's my favorite thing because, um, one, I feel like we're constantly fighting to sort of de-authoritize ourselves as the pastors because we're, we're not the most interesting people in the room and we don't have the most interesting things to say, right? We're the ones um, gifted with the time and resources to sort of craft a conversation. Um, but, you know, there's there's so much more going on um, with everyone in our church. And so it's it's this kind of beautiful thing. And even when you know, there was a few, uh, I was preaching one week and it was just before our wedding, it was a few weeks before our wedding. So like my brain was like nothing. And I literally stopped in the middle and I was like, I'm so sorry. I like, don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was like so bad. Um, but then you remember like the sermon isn't even the most important part of, of Sunday, right? It's these conversations. And as long as that's happening, um, we win. So yeah, our church is really rad. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty in love with, with what's going on. That's so cool. Uh, now, now I want to come visit. Like, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So y'all just started a new project called Yay Packages. Um, yes. Tell me about that a little bit. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll start it. I got, um, so yeah, so Britt came home like really excited about this idea um, that she was like just talking about, you know, what if we celebrated people who had just come out? Like what if we like sent some type of thing to people who bravely decided to like share this per this like piece of them um, to their community or maybe to their best friend or maybe to just themselves? Like admitting to themselves or celebrate, like to decide to claim this part of them. Um, and then that we get to be a part of like celebrating that. Um, and I think, and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I don't know what that looks like, but Oh my gosh, this is, there is yeah. something here. We have to do this. Um, and then like looking back at our, our story and how, you know, we are so lucky to have had like, affirming parents and affirming most 99% affirming community, um, to celebrate us and to have that, like to surround us. And so we were like, let's do this for people. Like, let's gather as many, let's create things. Let's just, maybe if it's just confetti, we don't know, yeah, yeah. but like, let's figure out how to celebrate people's story and their really brave decision to like, just, yeah, to embrace their story. And it was like um, National Coming Out Day. It was like right around then. Mm -hmm. And you know, like the, like this is why I say like the campaign, like it gets better, you know? Mm -hmm. 
It really does. But I think sometimes initially, like it gets a little bit harder, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's like, so like it gets, it does get better. But, you know, mm-hmm. we had, and we had friends, like we had quite a few friends who we knew who came out on National Coming Out Day who were a part of this like evangelical world. And we were like, you know, we got to send them something in the yeah. mail because, yeah. you know, it, they might have a hard time. It might be a good time. We don't know. Um, yeah. And then we were just like, let's, let's take this thing. Yeah. And like through, through us coming out and through our story and kind of just living in, in, into that and living into our like freedom, we've, we've gained a lot of online friends from that, just yeah. from that, which is so crazy and so beautiful about the internet. But like we get to, we're like doing life with people over, <laughs> over Instagram, <laughs> like with like with like Tori and people that yeah. you know are are living into their their stories and like that we get to come alongside together and like celebrate that yeah. through the mm-hmm. internet um and so there's been like so many a lot of women like in yeah. churches who are in relationships with you know <laughs> other women other women and then like and we've gone to like see that yeah. and like and and we know like it could be a tough road mm-hmm. but it's like so worth it and and then like obviously there's nothing better than getting like mm-hmm. mail yeah wow. <laughs> so. and there's this one couple that i think who we've been following and we've been liking and supporting and kind of walking through that with them like who came out on national coming out yeah. day and we we're like that's where everything started yeah. like we have to send them something yeah i was like hey we should send them a card i was like no we should send them a package and we're like <laughs> we should send everyone a package <laughs> <laughs> and then it was Okay, like actually, the dream for it was like this scene from Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. um, which this isn't a spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but also everyone should have seen it by now who wants to see it. It's been out for so long, but uh, <laughs> there's like a scene where okay, have you seen Handmaid's Tale? No, I haven't. I read the book, but I haven't. I haven't well, actually watched it. So that's like the more cultured version. <laughs> I, I watched it on Hulu. <laughs> And uh, there's, like, a scene where one of the, um, a, a character, I'm just going to, like, really not spoil anything, a character, like, gets a package, and it's just, like, full of, like, all of these little, like, scraps of paper and, like, just, like, little notes and letters of other, like, women saying, like, my name is this, and I'm over here, and this is my story, and, and then another one and another one and another one, and she just, like, breaks down because it's just, like, basically a packet, like, a bunch of like me too's you know um and we're just like how dreamy like would that be if someone just got like a bunch of handwritten notes saying like we love you and other people are gay too and you're the best and here's a rainbow sticker Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and like yeah so we we're still like developing it for sure and we're blown away like literally blown away by the amount of people who have requested them and, and like who have venmoed us money to like give yeah. you know to put more stuff in the package or to help make it run and um and like people we we opened it up to our church um to like write notes to people so the people from our church wrote notes just like general like you're amazing you're gay we're yay we're so excited <laughs> yeah. we're proud of you like yeah. stuff your family would write your friends or whatever to you um, so we, we bundle that up and we send it in, we send it to people. Yeah. Um, so, so much more to come. Yeah. We're like, yeah, it's like a combination of being like, oh my gosh, there's so many. And then also dreaming about like, oh my gosh, what could, what could these be, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
that's like I just like have chills hearing you talk about it because it's it's so cool and I feel like for for a lot of people coming out can be such an isolating experience at least at first um and and to be able to get a package that is like true celebration of that that uh I, I like I'm just I'm just imagining of how life-changing that would feel like uh, it's so powerful yeah and snail mail is basically the still like the best feeling ever whenever you get a package yeah you know like oh, with yeah. if you open it up and confetti falls out it just feels yeah I was I was telling one of my friends about about your project a couple of days ago and he's like what he's like where was mine like I wish I wish I would have had that like four years ago when he came out and like I was like me too like <laughs> Give us his address. We'll yeah, send we'll send him. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I I'm curious about like for for people who like uh, would want to like get involved and like help out like in ways are are there ways for people who are out and supportive and and wanting to kind of maybe give back to people in in ways? Do y'all have ways that people can maybe do that? Or yes, absolutely. So. Um, our, okay, so two main ways. The first is if you want to Venmo us for, so we can pay for shipping and the supplies. Um, that's number one. Um, and then the second way is we kind of have a dream that like the, the notes and the packages are handwritten. Um, and so it's been really cool to have our friends out here, I'll be writing notes, but, um, it's so powerful. So we're also collecting any handwritten notes. So, um, you can like with people write and mail them to us and we can get those into, into packages. And that's kind of our favorite thing. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. So both of those ways mm-hmm. we're like really open. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I'll, I'll get that some of that info from you guys and put that information in the show notes, um, okay, for yeah, people so- to be able to access, access that. Yeah, we're talked <laughs> about it. We're like, okay, let's just, Let's just see where this Well, you know when you just you just have an idea and then you're like, oh, this has got to be good, right? And then like, yeah. And then um, other people are like kind of into it. You're like, whoa, I didn't think that anyone else would be into it, but I'm really glad that they are. Also, we just obsessively celebrate everything. Yeah, we're like major celebrators in general in our life, like unnecessary like days. You know, we want to pass that on. Yeah, pass it on. I mean, because coming out, like, I mean, I really feel like it should be a celebratory experience mm-hmm. because you're you're stepping into and claiming for yourself a truth and an authenticity that you're then showing to the world and, and letting the world see. Like, that's worth celebrating. It yeah. is. And everyone <laughs> should feel sort of like, yay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I did a really important thing. So, yeah, and and I think so often that's that's not the response that that people get when they come out, and, and it's, it's definitely not a yay. It's like a, are are you sure, or have you thought about this, or yeah, have you what, tried? What about the Bible? Like, <laughs> and, yeah, let's talk about Romans, right? Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um. This is, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is a little bit of a hard pivot. Um, but Britt, I was watching your TED talk a couple days ago, um, and uh, what what Beyonce taught me about race, and uh, you have such an a concept in there that I 
had had literally never heard before when when we're talking about racial identity and especially like um, whiteness, white supremacy in the U.S. Um, and that was that was you applied Gladwell's ten thousand hour rule to whiteness and white supremacy. And I'd be interesting if you could maybe unpack that a little bit um, because it was such. It, it, things clicked for me in ways that I haven't had them click before. It was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think when we talk about race in America um, or racism, right, we sort of pick an event that happened, right? You know, so what's the most re- recent shooting or what's the most recent something? And then we dissect all the reasons this maybe can or cannot be racist. Right. Um, and it's sort of taking a, a step back and saying, okay, but really, um, can we talk about the fact that this is a nation built on white supremacy? This is a nation, um, built on understanding race and racism. And, and that's, that that's not meaning to say all people of color are angels and all white people are bad, right? Let's just understand the world that we live in. And then when we understand that, uh, then we can sort of choose to go in a different way and sort of uh, talking about that in terms of, of Gladwell and 10,000 hours is looking at um, essentially the time from um, the first, the time the first slaves were brought uh, to the U S until Brown versus board of education. Um, even though that wasn't necessarily a, a huge turning point for race, that's sort of when, segregation was no longer quote-unquote legal right and in that span of time our country intentionally practiced a few things right we intentionally practiced the separation of of black folks the dehumanization this the the characterizing the you know so many practices just became second nature and that's sort of what i talk about in the in the ted talk and what gladwell talks about is uh, once you have put 10,000 hours into doing something, you uh, 70% of that action gets relegated to your subconscious um, because you, you just do it, right? Um, <laughs> you, you know, it's it's like athletes. It's like when you have a day off, but you get in your car and you still start driving to work, you know? Um, and so when we talk about race, just understanding, I think this country has become, uh, has put in, like 229, 10,000 hour units or something. And so, um, and we look at the time since Brown versus Board of Education, assuming that's when, you know, we tried to even start doing anything else. That's only been, I think, 63 or 62 years. Uh, that's, that's, not, that's not a long time. And so when we, when we enter the con- um, conversation about race, I think it's helpful to just understand uh, a little bit of context outside of some individual nuances. Now let's just understand the uh, context of America. uh, And then we can have a, a, hopefully a conversation that's less, you did this, or I I did this, or your family. It's okay. We live in this place that was like really good at being racist for a really long time. There's still some residue and we're trudging through that. How do we actively become experts in something else? Yeah. And, and uh, that idea of if 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 seventy percent of it is just like an unconscious thing that we do, then the intentionality then that it takes to subvert that, it takes a lot of a lot of work then to as you said to to start becoming experts in in something else. Yeah, there's a sociologist who who 
who says, um, when you're born in America, you're, you're sort of put onto a moving sidewalk of racism and sexism. Um, and if you don't want to be that, you need to move faster than the moving sidewalk in the opposite direction. Um, so to understand we're, we're moving in a certain way. And so, yeah, it takes a lot of intentionality and work to, to turn around and try to go in a different, different direction. Yeah. Everybody like go watch that Ted talk. What Beyonce taught me about race. It'll be in the show notes as well, because I think that's, it's that, that really is such an important framing of, of that, that history of, cause I think as, as white people were taught, like, especially white people who grew up in the North, which is my context, we're taught that that all happened ages ago and we're entirely separate from it now. And that's just not the case. Like <laughs> not even close. Yeah. So Things get ingrained into the culture, you know, very, very fast. They're hard to undo. Yeah. Yeah. So another, another pivot, you guys got married. Like, was it this summer? It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would I would love to hear about what it's been like living as a married couple. Like I, I always love having married couples. You're the you're the second married couple I've had on the podcast. Um, but that idea of I think a lot of us I, who listen to this podcast are are single, and marriage is kind of one of those like distant hopes. Um, and if, I would love to just I love hearing from married couples especially queer married couples what that experience has been like how has it been similar to what you've dreamed of how has it been different what's it like being gay married like (laughs) 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 no marriage is the best I think we um yeah marriage has been so fun you know uh, this morning in church, you know, we have the sort of conversation time and uh, one of the conversations was talking about the last major transition you went through and sort of what you learned. Um, and Sam and I both were like, uh, we got married and we learned that we're selfish people. <laughs> um, because what's so funny is, you know, we joke about this all the time. So when we came out and, and so many people had like all people want to talk about sometimes is like the fact that you're queer when honestly marriage is just hard for some reasons across the board you know like it's hard sharing money if you're two men and two men or you know or two women or a man and a woman right you're just you're merging lives and so that's been kind of like that's very normalizing you know um um, and and I think like I don't know I've been so excited I think this is like what being like closeted for so long or being a secret for so long, this has kind of been, this was like always the dream, you know, Mm -hmm. like if we can, if we can do it, if we can come out, if we can get past this thing, then, then I'm, you know, I want to get married, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of strange to be living into, um, sort of our, our like hope. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's kind of surreal sometimes. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're my wife, you know? Um, we say that a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, like we did it. Um, yeah, and Sammy, like, Ali wrote like this beautiful thing because we like, we over celebrate everything because that's like our personality. And so we, we just celebrated six months of marriage and, um, you know, went like 
away for the weekend and Sammy surprised me with a bunch of things and it mm. was so fun and the best. And um, she sort of talked about on her Instagram why we celebrate so much and it was beautiful and I'll let her share that because I just was like, it went was back hers. to it because I was like, what did I write? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like, I, like we said, like we look at each other and we're like, I can't believe you're a wife. Um, and like, that's what, we, we celebrate six months, we, like, go away, and we, like, cheers. Um, our cheers is that whenever we, like, get a drink, our cheers is, like, here's to our love and to all love. Um, and so when we, yeah, so when we celebrate, I feel like we just had no idea. Yeah, it's we had no idea that we would get to have this. And so it feels like the most amazing gift that I get to, like, that we got the happy ending that we had hoped for, um, and and we're so lucky to have to have this story that we do and that we get to be together. So we sh- we celebrate it all because in the thick of the fog that was, you know, realizing that we were in love and within a church and not not seeing an out of that, not seeing being past that. Like when we were in the thick of that, like that was where we lived. We were like this is forever. We're never going to be together. Like this is like, so yeah, it was just so fog is just a huge, huge picture for me, but to be out of the fog and through it and to be, um, kind of on this mountaintop for right now, um, which we also know is not forever. (laughs) Um, we are just so, yeah, we just celebrate it all. And I'm so, I'm so grateful. There was like a... Is that what I said? Yeah, no, no, that's perfect. (laughs) And it like, I feel like it reminds me of like earlier in the conversation we were talking about sort of when your faith is not handed to you and people kind of don't, there are some people who don't want you to have it. Fighting for it makes you Mm -hmm. sort of have, have it in a different way. Right. Um, And I have a friend who's, she's so funny um, and she's pretty introverted and she was at our wedding and um, she said something. She was like, I honestly felt like she said at our wedding, she's like, I'd never been to a wedding where I felt like the two people had to um, go through anything hard to, to get to that day. Right. Um, and, and relationship dynamics sort of aside, right. There's hard conversations in, in any, any relationship, but um, she was just saying there was something, uh, that struck her about sort of um, seeing us um, there. And I think that that's been something that um, we talk a lot about is, you know, we've had difficult conversations like any married couple, but I don't know if we've had a conversation yet that's been as difficult as, um, you know, 2013 to 2017 conversations, you know. Um, and so it feels a little bit like, wow, like we – we we fought hard to to be here and so we um yeah we want to have we want to look at marriage in a different way we want to like enjoy this because we didn't know we if we could have it or not and that's and that's certainly something to celebrate like and and celebrate and celebrate and celebrate like (laughs) yeah like fight for and um yeah and yeah, that fight started a fight and it continues and it will always be a fight like to, to, for this, this space, that celebration, like, yeah, I feel like, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just to like, just to also go on kind of what we were talking about earlier, but in regards to marriage, like 
I I feel like our faiths, like um, when we sat at a coffee shop four years ago, like we kind of had a similar, we had a similar belief, maybe similar, like yeah. it kind of rooted in that. But like um, Brit is so amazing. Like Beans is so amazing. She's just an amazing partner because I'm kind of walking through this questioning thing and she's she lets she like allows me to do that I think like being able to be in a relationship where we can question things and we're able to kind of not always be on the same like wavelength I don't know if that makes sense I just feel like so lucky to have someone who's a pastor and like I'm a pastor's wife who's still figuring out my faith I feel like that's not like a really common thing um and I just I just feel so lucky that I get to like I don't know I feel like yeah. You're amazing. And oh, you're amazing. <laughs> and I feel lucky too because I, I, I think that's like you said earlier, like when we're not when we don't have spaces to question is one thing, but also when we don't have like people around us who question some things that we do or ask why or you know, that's when we when we all like can start going down a rabbit trail of like this is just what we believe and it's how we do it and like, you know, join our club or leave, you know, mm-hmm. and so um yeah, I think if you would have asked me, you know, five, ten years ago, you know, what would you do if you married someone and they, you know, started questioning these things, I'd be like, I don't know, unequally yoked, what, you know, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> you know, just that now I'm like, oh, this is the, the best, like, this is just like, we just are figuring it all out together all the time, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. we're just in it, and it's, it's so mm-hmm. fun, and yeah. I mean, it feels like such a more, like, relational way to to do it and like i'm i don't know why like as you were as you were talking about like this that idea of like i mean jesus and his disciples came to mind and how like his disciples didn't have it figured out like and they just they all walked together mm-hmm. in that instead of adhering to a, a creed of certainty like that yeah. i don't think we've ever been called to that and it's it's a beautiful beautiful way of doing life mm. you like Britt and Sammy thank you so very much this has been an honor yeah thank you so lucky (laughs) I wish we I know like let's go get a beer yeah whispering like we love him yeah Oh yeah. Well, someday y'all, I'll I'll be down in California. Y'all come up here, and we'll we'll grab that beer. That'd be great. (laughs) You can find out more about Brit and Sammy and Yay Packages over at yaypackages.com. They're also on Instagram at yaypackages. Brit is on Instagram at Brit Baron. That's with one T. And Sammy is on Instagram at Sammy Lane with three E's. S-A-M-I-L-A-N-E-E-E. Quirology is on Twitter at QuirologyPod, or you can tweet me directly at Matthias Roberts. Quirology is also now on Instagram at QuirologyPod. If you feel Quirology is worth a dollar a month, head over to MatthiasRoberts.com support to make a pledge. Every little bit helps. Another really easy way to help support Quirology is by leaving a review. You can do that right in your podcast app or head to MatthiasRoberts.com slash review and it'll take you right there. Until next week, y'all. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.